Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. What's going on, guys? 
Thanks for joining us today. On today's show, we have a great interview where we chat with Mitchell Smolkin, and he is a certified emotionally focused couples therapist, supervisor, and registered psychotherapist, and a published author as well as a experienced public speaker. He has offices in Toronto and Stockholm. And in addition to his professional practice, he has lectured at conferences internationally and is currently the host of the Dignity of Suffering podcast. And today we talk about intimacy and why it can be so hard to create intimacy in a relationship and really starting with the beginning of a relationship and the origin stories and what to do with the first fights and how that can create all kinds of issues with connecting and all the way on to long-term relationships and how to yeah develop more intimacy in the relationship. And he gives us a lot of great tools, some new things. Obviously, we've covered intimacy because it's a very important part of any relationship and requires work. So we're always happy to have more great tips and tools to be able to use and give you guys. So stay tuned for another great round of things you can apply. We hope you guys enjoy today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Do you guys want to create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days? Yes. Sign me up. (laughs) Then you guys need to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. It is an online course, like I mentioned, that we created with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you guys the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. We talk about it on the show. Relationships take work. Sometimes they function pretty easily and you coast along. But we've found the reality is, is you have to do work sometimes and to make them better, to change them so that they're more satisfying for both partners. And you've made it here. You've made it to listening to our show. So you guys probably already know that a little bit. But what you might not know are the specific tools and exercises that you need to create those lasting and positive improvements in your relationship. And like Chase said, change does not happen on its own. It takes hard work. And that's why we created the course. Spark One Relationship is designed to infuse your life and relationship with fresh passion, skills, and wisdom. And it's a self-paced journey that's perfect for turning up the heat, having some fun together, and revolutionizing your intimacy and communication. And just some tools and strategies that the course includes is to how to eliminate unhelpful old habits, develop mindful awareness to help improve your stress management, learn healthy and successful communication tools, create a deeper and more intimate bond, and strengthen your couple microculture, which you will find out what that is. Uh, in the future together. So for our listeners only, we're offering a special of $100 off the course. Visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to unlock your discount. And there is a 30-day money-back guarantee. So there really is no reason to not give it a try. So go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock for $100 off. Hi, 
Mitchell. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. Mitchell, today we're going to talk about intimacy and how it can be a problem, especially early in the relationship where we assume that we know our partner and a lot of times we we really don't. And then I'd like to explore that and also later in the relationship, intimacy is always an issue. So why don't we start with having you tell us and our listeners what that looks like when we assume we know our partner and the opportunities that are there when we realize we actually <laughs> don't know them at the level that we think we do. Well, I, I think that in my work with couples over the years, you know, the most incredible thing for many couples is when, when we meet. And it's something I love to explore with couples and find out because, of course, we all have these incredible stories of what drives us to fall in love, move halfway across the world sometimes, change jobs. I mean, it's just, it's incredible what the power of relationships can do. So it also makes a tremendous amount of sense that when couples first experience their first fights or challenges, that this is incredibly scary because so much of what we base our love and intimacy on are these things that we fall in love with. And, you know, there's that kind of proverbial um, thing of, you know, like, you know, my, my wife, for instance, is very introverted and quiet. And it was one of the first things I kind of fell in love, this kind of dignity in her. And then, you know, you fast forward <laughs> 10 years and it's like, hey, why, why aren't you talking to me when I'm trying to talk to you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I just think that that, you know, something that I, I want to share and why I do this work and, you know, why I've started a podcast called The Dignity of Suffering is because there's such dignity in these moments when we get scared. And this is really, I think, when relationships begin in the truest sense of the word. You know, the beginning, of course, is still a relationship, but it's when we all of a sudden hit these roadblocks that, that you really start to get to know how to take care of someone because it's only through failure that we begin to know really to touch the edges of what makes someone feel loved. So that's in a nutshell kind of what I am talking about when it, when it comes to this kind of first break and fear when we're like, uh oh, is this really the person that I met? And of course it is. It's just that we need to, you know, we need to bear with it and, and learn from these experiences. You mentioned, you said sometimes we can be scared when those first fights happen. And I, I remember reading one time, it's like to really get to know a person, it, it takes about a year and whatever that means. I know that's a very subjective kind of description, but they had more like objective guidelines to it. But like early in the relationship can be a year in and we're getting to really know someone and then you have these first big fights that aren't like the little things. And yeah, that can be scary. So what do you tell people in those moments or leading up to those moments and, and how to frame things and, and navigate that? Well, I think the truth is, I mean, you know, we're all so different, right? And, and, and so I don't know, I mean, one of the beautiful things about relationships is the fact that we can't, anticipate things. I mean, that's often, you know, I met with a couple this week and 
they talked about falling in love and one of them was surprised by the other one kind of in this restaurant and noticed them behind them and asked them, you know, if they wanted a drink and everything just kind of flowed. And it was, you know, it was the being caught off guard that kind of almost like let the other person in and passed, you know, all the person's defenses and they fell in love. And so what I tell people, and of course it changes with, with every relationship but is that we have to slow down, number one. And number two, what I like to talk about all the time is actually just how normal it is. Because I think people people are really privately afraid, you know, when you've invested and you've let someone in. And there are all kinds of evolutionary reasons we can go into about why the, the bedrock of our relationships is really the place where we experience the most profound emotion in our lives. But I think the first thing I do with couples that I meet with is I just normalize it because I think a lot of us are just so privately afraid that we've made a mistake or, you know, these huge dragons come to get us and, and, and sometimes you can't sleep at night or you feel ashamed. And so the, the first thing I think that's really important to do is just to understand that we're all in the same boat. And these fears and concerns that we start to have, I think it's something that we all share, those of us that really let someone and take a risk with someone. So that's kind of the place where I start in many ways. That's so valuable for, for all areas of the relationship. We just had an interview about sexuality and we've talked about it before, but it's like it's normal to have mm issues around the bedroom in your relationship. It's normal to have desire discrepancy. It's normal to have conflict. That's such a important thing that I want to emphasize. So thank you for that. And, and so let's say, you know, you, you tell a couple that it's like, it's normal. This, these are your first fights. Like, congratulations. You, <laughs> you are in relationship. It's like, so, so then what, what's the next thing you tell them once they are internalizing that? Well, to be honest, it kind of depends. It kind of depends where a couple is at. You know, I've had some young couples come to see me or not even young, but maybe their relationship is young. You know, they walk in my office and they're like, we've been together for six months and we had our first fight. We're coming to see you. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> good for you. I'm like, I'm like, I wish I knew to go see a therapist the first fight that I had. And, you know, in some ways, if we catch it early or we, you know, in the beginning can, can understand and talk about some of the fears that are coming for us. So I don't know, let's say somebody just to take a hypothetical example, uh, gets, gets a job, uh, you know, outside of the city and, and all of a sudden this, you know, brings an anxiety because, you know, the other partner maybe has their family close by and never wanted to move away, you know, and, a lot of couples go into what's called kind of a protective dance in the beginning, especially if it's close to the beginning, because it's like, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to cause conflict. And so all of this gold, meaning like the whole attachment care system, when we start to protect the other person, usually is never discussed. What often happens is that someone becomes really quiet or seems a bit more anxious and, and the whole relationship becomes anxious. So if we're talking about a kind of a relationship where this is happening earlier on and there haven't been years, for instance, of maybe the two people protecting each other, 
then often it can be easier to to do what what we call an EFT or in, in couples therapy, you know, to work on the reparative cycle, which is that nobody is ever prepared, right? No one's ever, you know, you get, a, you know, you, your partner comes home, they're super excited, maybe they got headhunted or they get a new job. No one can anticipate this moment where they come home and they're like, hey, want to move to New York? Want to move to Europe? You know, no one... So the the fears that we feel in that moment, it's totally normal that we shut down. It's totally normal that we're like, I'm so happy for you. Meanwhile, deep down, we're like, uh-oh, I don't know if I want to do this. The, the trick, the trick is if we don't find some time in the process later, after, to come back and to be able to hold the complexity of it and say, hey, I am really happy for you. And I'm also really scared and I don't know how to feel about this. If we don't find a way to come back and address the other emotions that we experience in life-changing times, that's, I think, when problems start because then we're not really being 100% in the relationship. And that's, I think, something we all fall in love with in the beginning, which is, I mean, how often do couples say it just felt so organic or everything just flowed or... We, you know, we just finish each other's sentences. And so if all of a sudden we have to start compartmentalizing parts of ourselves, I think that that's what starts to make us feel so uneasy and scared. And so really the courage to kind of come back. And I had a couple do it in my office today to come back after a hard conversation and say, hey, I was so happy to to help you the other night when you were scared. But, you know, I'm also feeling overwhelmed from work and maybe I didn't have the bandwidth to fully hear you or I'm exhausted and I'm sorry I shut down or went to bed early. You know, this this information is extremely important to include as much as we can about our responses in, you know, especially when disagreements first start. And often when we're younger or it's early, we just have such a strong instinct to protect this beautiful thing that is so new in our lives. Often um, the listeners on our show, it's maybe one person in the couple that's listening to the podcast and trying to take these tools from the therapist we interview back into the relationship. So in this situation, let's say somebody has recognized that their partner is feeling very anxious in the relationship and they want to provide them support, but they don't want their partner to get on the defense how could they start that dialogue with their partner to engage in that conversation and start that process of, of helping them? Yeah. So I think there's a golden rule when it comes to communication. And to anyone who's listening, and to your point about maybe one partner who listens to this and is trying to find a way to reach their partner, first of all, it's really hard. And sometimes, you know, we've tried all these different keys <laughs> And none of them work. And so, first of all, I just appreciate the complexity of what it is like to approach somebody about a difficult subject. Because like you said, it is so easy, especially when touching kind of high voltage issues. It's so easy for our backs to go up. And if that's been going on for a while, we, we get tired. You know, it's hard to know how to reach somebody. What, what I learned both in my own marriage and kind of my golden rule when I work with couples, it's something that I call the front of the system. And what I mean by the front of the system is that 
often when we're going into difficult conversations, we're scared. Like you just said, maybe we're worried our partner will feel blamed, micromanaged. Uh, maybe we're worried that, that it makes them uncomfortable to open up. Lots of people do not feel good when difficult conversations come up. And that also is really normal. So by the front of the system, and this comes from the neurobiology of emotion, is going in and first opening up about your fears. So it might go something like, hey, I'm afraid to talk to you about this because I know you've been struggling. And I know maybe you've told me that sometimes it could sound like I'm criticizing you or giving you advice. And the last thing I want you to feel is that I'm somehow pushing you away or making it worse. And I'm afraid if I bring this up, you're going to feel like I'm hurting you and it's the last thing I want to do. And what you're doing when you, when you start with your fears, when we look at neurobiology, basically what you're doing is you're trying to make yourself vulnerable to send the signal to their brain that you're not a threat. Because as soon, it's very tricky, right? As soon as we go into a place where we're protecting our own fears, let's say a partner goes in and says, hey, you've been walking around and you've been really anxious and I'm worried about you. <laughs> you know, already at that point, we're, we're protecting ourselves and we haven't been, we haven't fully disclosed why is maybe that we're coming across as a bit anxious or a bit upset. And it doesn't take long. In fact, it happens in milliseconds. For our backs to go up. And of course, we've all felt this, those of us that are in relationships where you just feel like you could go around and around and you don't hear anything. And that's actually what happens when our backs go up. Our earlobes actually shrink when we're stressed so that we protect our hearing through evolution. And so that feeling like nothing is getting in is physiologically true. So, you know, if it's not working at home on your own, it's important to see a professional because that can help slow things down or you can, you know, the professional can help your partner hear you in a different way. But a strategy that I use even in my own marriage is that if I'm worried about the outcome of a conversation, I'll always name that first in an attempt to just really kind of show my cards and not to come across as kind of anxious and defensive to begin with. Because if that's where we start, it's very hard to, to slow that down once that ball gets rolling. But before we continue on, we want to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth is a premium bamboo bedding and loungewear company that has now become the only bedding I will use for the rest of my life. When I received my new Cozy Earth sheets a few weeks ago, I was truly shocked at how easily you could tell the difference in quality compared to regular cotton sheets. It makes it really hard to get out of bed each day. They are so soft. They almost feel like silk. And Stella always asks why our sheets are so much softer than hers. So it's pretty common that she'll wake up in the morning and want to jump in bed with us for another 30 minutes or so. And we're totally okay with it because it's so comfortable. Cozy Earth's premium bedding wicks moisture. They are temperature regulating. And a huge bonus for me is that they are free of harsh chemicals and dyes. All 
all of Cozy Earth's products are covered under a 10-year warranty and they have thousands of five-star reviews. Cozy Earth is the perfect gift for your someone special or if you just want to treat yourself. So to get 40% off your order, visit CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do podcast at checkout. That's Cozy Earth, C-O-Z-Y-E-A-R-T-H dot com and use the promo code I do podcast at checkout to get 40% off the most comfortable premium bamboo bedding you will ever try. CozyEarth.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there was a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or just overall feel better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. For example, if you're feeling overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation to make you feel more relaxed and at peace. And if you need some help falling asleep, Headspace has a wind-down session that I love and swear by. And for parents, and this is something we've started to do with Stella, is Headspace has a morning meditation that you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. We talk about the benefits of meditation all the time on the show and how it can truly transform yourself and help your relationship. I've been using Headspace for years now, and I can honestly say I feel significantly better when I am consistently meditating. I am more patient with Stella. I am more aware of how I communicate and speak with Chase and others around me. And it's given me real tools to better help all the daily challenges life throws at us. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier. And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash I do. That's headspace.com slash I do for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash I do today. And what you're talking about and you mentioned it is vulnerability and it, it's such an important part of relationship and helps connect more intimately with our partner and helps them get their guard down as, as you shared here and, and, and just evolutionarily. How can someone who has a lot of trouble being vulnerable, how can they start to try to open up? Hmm. It's a really good question, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Just do it, right? It's easy. <laughs> I mean, it's a process, isn't it? I mean, I mean, the fact that the two of you have this relationship podcast and are helping so many people. I mean, relationships, I think, are often a place where we learn to become vulnerable. I mean, I think that, look, one of the greatest, I think, tragedies that people feel 
is often, you know, you leave your home, you get a job, you get an education, or you just, you want to go out in the world and maybe leave certain things behind or certain emotional environments and you find your soulmate. And then all of a sudden you're with your soulmate and you feel similar feelings that you felt when you were growing up. And that's like kryptonite, right? Nothing is worse than feeling like you spent all this time and energy, right? Working so hard, meeting someone that you felt, oh, finally, I'm going to have a safe place to open up. And of course, we're only products of our environment and what we know. So I don't know exactly how to answer your question, except that I think it's worth it. And I think that if, if one really notices that in social situations, thinking about things like job interviews or going out, if you really notice that, that there's high anxiety when you're doing new things, that's often a signal that it would help to have some therapeutic process to help just normalize and make it more possible to open up. And there's one more thing I want to say, because this is why I'm so passionate about this. People who have suffered abuse or who have been hurt, people who have been through sexual abuse, it may not feel good to open up. They did studies with oxytocin, which is actually an epidemic in North America, that people are abusing it. Why? Because it's called the cuddle hormone, and it actually makes you feel social and happy. But for a subset of the population, when you give them oxytocin, they actually feel anxious. And the reason is, if when you were vulnerable before in your past, you were hurt, then all of this talk about reaching out to a friend or, be, or making yourself vulnerable is going to seem a little bit strange to you because you're going to say, no, I don't, I don't like feeling vulnerable. When, when my wife and I went to couples therapy, you know, she did me a great honor by coming because it, it really was overwhelming for her. She wasn't used to opening up and Maybe I wanted to keep talking about things after the session, but you know, she looked at me like, hey, like that was a lot for me. So I just want to tell your listeners that for some people, becoming vulnerable, even though the word sounds very nice and it's all something we aspire to, can possibly bring up some really difficult feelings. And so I think we just have to be kind to ourselves, to be honest, if we're going to take a risk to be vulnerable, and especially if it is really hard for you, the, you know, a, a productive session for me with a couple and somebody who's very avoidant and has a really hard time opening up, an incredibly productive session can really just end with them looking in the, their partner in the eyes and saying, this is really hard for me. I have a hard time opening up. I had a man say it today. He said, I've been fiercely independent my whole life. This is hard for me. And that's enough. It's like the difference between like a faucet flowing, which is for some people, if you get them started, they'll keep talking like me. I could talk about this stuff all day long versus someone who maybe is more afraid. Not, not to say that I'm not afraid when I open up. I am too. But it, it's like actually when you open a faucet and just a drop comes out. And don't underestimate with your partner just how valuable that drop will be. It doesn't take a lot sometimes to send your partner a signal that you're trying. And that can even be just saying to them, hey, 
It goes too fast for me sometimes. I feel like you're asking a lot from me. It's hard for me to open up. And I think just slicing it thinner to a point where you can actually find even a word or two is enough. And don't put pressure on yourself to mirror or match other people that you see who have maybe more words for their feelings. We all have to start somewhere. And obviously there's a wide range of reasons that it's difficult for people, but it seems like the difficulty in being vulnerable sometimes, it's just a protection mechanism, right? Oh yeah. No, I mean, it's, I mean, our brains are immensely powerful instruments and it's a great point that you raise because we live in a culture now where we, we are often dissecting ourselves or I want to improve and, and often will turn on ourselves. Let's say someone has had to protect themselves for most of their life. They might think ill of themselves as in, oh, I've never been good at opening up or, or I don't, I don't, I'm not good at relationships or commitment. But if you turn that on its head, if you really ask yourself, why, when did I, when did I promise myself I was not going to get hurt? I think you'll find that there are some very, very valuable reasons why you protect yourself. And that's where you have to start, because if we turn on ourselves, on our protective mechanisms, they've been our best friends often most of our lives. And so first we have to, we have to, you know, what is it? Keep your friends closer and, you know, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. Mm -hmm. You know, you have Mm -hmm. to really, I think, befriend the parts of us that have kept us alive and survived And then from that point, you know, we can then start to have conversations. But you're right. I mean, I think often the, the, you know, when relationships first have their first earthquakes, these well-oiled machines go into play inside of us. And it's like, nope, I'm not going to let that person hurt me. (laughs) And we, we get very protective very fast. And how can we support our partner if we're someone who... It's easy to be vulnerable, but our partner, it's very difficult for them. How can we support them? You know, I'll share something from my own experience in doing that, because I I think it's a great question. And, um, you know, when my wife used to get quiet when we would try to have discussions, you know, I would tend to focus on the fact that, oh, she's scared. (laughs) (laughs) You know, she's she's scared about something or I'm intimidating her or she doesn't want to talk, you know, and it, it hit me at some point when I kept, you know, like the custodian checking all the keys and how am I going to reach her? And I want to talk about this. It was like, Oh, look, who's also scared. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like the whole reason that I'm checking all the keys is that I'm also ramping up and, and, and I also have worries. And so I, I know that in my own process, and often when I'm helping couples and especially what we call the the pursuer or, you know, the, the person in the relationship who's, you know, the one, the caretaker, usually the one who makes all the plans and the one who brings the person to therapy and you know, the one who, you know, opens up first in the session or maybe is sitting there patiently waiting for their partner to open up, but they don't, you know, often what I noticed about myself and and what I need to help pursuers, people that are trying to reach their partner, understand, is to slow down and just just to recognize some of their own fears. 
you know, just pull back a little and be like, oh, you know, I guess I also start to get scared about how this conversation is going to go. Because my experience with vulnerability is that it's not sometimes people who can talk a lot or who are pursuing, maybe because they're going fast or they think they know everything about the relationship, that seems like vulnerability as in, I want to talk. But I'm not so sure if it is always vulnerability. I know certainly for myself that me wanting to have conversations or getting worried was a way that I protected, protected myself. Even if on the surface I convinced myself that I was being vulnerable, it was like, well, no, actually, the, the vulnerability comes when we're able to open up and say, hey, I get scared too. And that's a very magical moment in couples therapy and in relationships. It levels the playing field because a lot of partners who are more avoidant or quiet, they end up feeling very stigmatized and put into a box. There's a lot of shame. And they often talk about not being able to be as quick or to open up as fast, or they don't, they don't have language that comes to them. And so my, my advice to myself and others is, you know, just, just reflect on your own fears. Often you have to help somebody come to you. And that's not easy if we're scared and tired and trying to reach somebody, but it, I think it in the end can be very helpful, uh, if we can get there. That is a beautiful perspective to take and an important one to realize of like, yeah, just because you feel like you're being vulnerable, you're the talker, you're the pursuer that actually you might be just as anxious and it's not a contest, but just as anxious as your partner. It's just shows itself in a different way. Um, so I really can relate to that too, because I feel like I'm the talker, the pursuer, and, and I have this facade of like, oh, and because I can be vulnerable. But yeah, it really resonated uh, with, with what you said oh, in that you. sense. So thank you for that. I just wanted to add that it, it, it fits with what's called in, in neurophysiology, the window of tolerance, which I'm sure you've discussed maybe previously on your podcast. But essentially some of us, go into hyperarousal, we upregulate. Some of us go into hypoarousal, we downregulate. But they're two sides of the same coin. Each person is outside of their window of tolerance or coming out of homeostasis. And it's only, that's why repair is so important, right? And, you know, couples should not be, you know, I, the, the question that I get probably the most in my practice is, well, I wish in the moment, <laughs> I wish in the moment I could do something different. And I think that ultimately when we get closer, certainly we see our disagreements change and they be, we become better at it. But let me tell you, nobody in the moment when they're scared is very good at being open and vulnerable. It's just, it's just a physiological law that we tend to protect ourselves. And so just remember that it's only after, later, the reparative process that is more important actually to a relationship than how we are in the moment when we're scared because we're only human. And I'll bet my practice that you're going into some version of hyper or hypoarousal and you can't hear anything. So it only makes sense that it's after when we feel more flexible and we can put our thoughts together 
and create a safe connection that we can actually really discuss and resolve things. That is such an important point to remember. And Mitchell, you've given us a lot of great things to think about and how to frame intimacy and vulnerability in our relationships. So thank you so much for coming on. Before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? And if there's anything you want to emphasize or something maybe we skipped over, and then we'll say goodbye. Cool. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I'm the host of the Dignity of Suffering podcast. So you can find me there wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I'll be hosting a Dignity of Suffering Summit actually in Stockholm, Sweden in October. And I'm going to bring together this incredible group of people, including the, the founding choreographer of Cirque du Soleil, who's going to be here doing body work with people and just an incredible team. If you want to come see this beautiful city and, and, you know, just get into your body and find language for how you're feeling. And I also have an, the intimacy problem workbook on my uh, website or hopefully to be in the show notes, which is mitchellsmolkin.com. And lastly, I'll be uh, interviewing Gabor Mate in, in June, which I'm really excited about because, you know, I think he's someone, he's a Canadian physician and best-selling author. And he's just, he's championed this idea of letting ourselves be sad when we're sad, especially now during the pandemic and trying to just allow ourselves to, to feel. So it's a great honor to be on your show and to meet you both. And uh, thank you for, you know, thank you for creating the space for people to, to get closer. Cause I think the, the, the relationships are the foundations often of our lives. And it's uh I think it's a really ethical thing to do to help all of us uh, just build stronger relationships for our families and for society in general. Well, thank you so much, Mitchell. We'll have all those links in the show notes and on our website. And we really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show, guys. As always, the links will be in the podcast description as well as on the show notes on our website at idopodcast.com. And while you're on our website, we hope you guys check out our free 14-day happy couple challenge. Uh, it's a challenge where we send you a daily email for 14 days with easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And it's honestly just a whole lot of fun to do with your partner. It's something new and we think you guys will really enjoy it. So check it out. And while you're on the website, there are tons of free resources as well as more information about our online course, Spark My Relationship, where our listeners can get $100 off. So check that out. You can go directly to the course website at sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. And that's where you can get the $100 off. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next week. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com